shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. It's Black Friday now at JCPenney. Hurry and shop thousands of the merriest Black Friday deals while they last. Make spirits bright with up to 75% off fine jewelry. Get innovative with sharper image gifts now up to 50% off. Plus, take home kitchen appliances for $7.99 each after $10 mail-in rebate. Score these deals and more all week long before they're gone. Happy Black Friday, JCPenney. Offers valid on select items 1122 through 1128. Conditions and exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Hey everybody, it's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime. I haven't talked to you guys forever. Happy July. Happy July 4th. It's Sunday, July 4th, and I feel like I haven't talked to you forever. I have been talking to a lot of you on Twitter, uh, both publicly, um privately on Twitter, a lot of you have hit me up on emails about some, what you think is controversial things that I have said. I don't find them very controversial, obviously, or maybe I wouldn't have said them. However, if you've been listening to me uh, all these episodes, you know that I feel how I feel, and I'm not afraid to tell you about it. Well, earlier in the week, WWE released more talent, and people were going just absolutely crazy, and I couldn't figure out why, which started the first discussion, and I've had three, four, five discussions over the week about this. I actually had one discussion before WWE even released anyone. There were rumors going around that they were going to, and I made the comment they should, and people came out of the woodwork. Like I said, a lot of them were private messaging me because they were using language and were speaking a lot longer sentences than Twitter will allow you to have. Um, and I just, I told them my views. WWE, I feel, signed a lot of wrestlers thinking they had plans for NXT for Raw being a completely separate brand and be touring completely separate, doing TV completely separate than SmackDown. SmackDown would be its own brand. It would be traveling its own schedule, doing TV its own schedule, 
and then they had NXT, and then they had created NXT UK, there were talks of NXT India, there were talks of NXT Japan or NXT China. And they just thought they were going to spread this brand and they were going to create touring schedules but also TV schedules. Not all on network TV but on the WWE network itself. Well, a wrench kind of got thrown into those plans when AEW came in. AEW kind of needed some talent now and scooped up some of those veterans that WWE were looking at or were negotiating at, and AEW wasn't taking their time. Because their executive vice presidents were four wrestlers that had wrestled these people. They didn't need to watch them. They didn't need to figure out, do I want, want to be around them every week? They already had been. They knew that they fit in. And they pretty much knew where to go with negotiations. Because they had talked to him about stuff on the road. Not as AEW, but just as wrestlers dreaming. So, it was real easy for AEW to convince certain people just to come aboard. Plus, because they had ran the indies. Um doing the different circuits and traveling and being in New Japan and and being part of Ring of Honor or Impact or whatever. They knew a lot of the younger talent because they had worked shows with them or seen them at the shows they were working. Or they knew the trainers that had trained them and were vouching for them. And so, it was easier for them to connect with younger talent. Just because they had been in the ring with them. Which is some of their arguments now about being on the indie circuit this summer. We'll get to that in a minute though. So, WWE saw all of this happening and was like... What's going on with our plans? I don't know that Vince McMahon got nervous. Um, He's very arrogant. And he's very confident. And he truly believes if WWE wants a particular wrestler... And they go in and they tell them, we want you. Here's our vision. That that talent will sign. 
The problem is, WWE doesn't want a lot of talent. They half-heartedly go about it. They have a structure that they want to go about it, or just... When you talk to some of the younger wrestlers that WWE has approached, or that have signed with WWE, if, if you get them being honest, or if you're drinking with them, then you hear them say, I don't know whether they cared about me or not. It almost felt like they were going through the motions. And, you know, I've talked, and I've heard on podcasts, I've read in the different dirt sheets, talk to them, you know, online or on Reddit or wherever. The ones that go through the tryouts that they have in different cities. Um, I don't know that I've ever, I personally... I've talked to them online. Anyone that's been in Tough Enough. I don't think. I haven't watched all of the Tough Enough. That's awful for me to admit. I know. But. It seems to me. That when you go to one of the big tryouts. So many people. Say. Um. They've started. Here recently looking for characters or somebody that can portray a character or that someone is witty or quick-witted enough to come up with lines out of the blue about different topics. But, back bef- I think before AEW, they really were looking for physical things can you jump over this piece of equipment 40 times can you pop down pop up 40 times can you take a bump 10 times can you run the ropes 20 times that it you know, I've even talked to people, they've thrown them a jump rope and said, jump rope for as long as you can. And, see, I guess that's where I disagree. Now, obviously, if someone's 500 pounds and they're nowhere near being in shape, yeah, you may want to put them through something To see, are they going to pass out on you? Um, Putting through people basic physical tests, that doesn't bother me. Um, You've got to have some minimum, I guess, qualifications. But if they can't jump over a piece of equipment 40 times, I don't really care. Why? Well, maybe because I'm not a wrestler. I've never been a wrestler. But I don't normally see people jumping over a piece of equipment straight 40 times. 
Do I see them jumping 40 times in a match? Yeah. Do I see them jumping off things 40 times in a match? Eh, maybe. Do I see them, you know, running, jumping from a rope to this and that? And yes. But those are things that they learn. If they're already on the indie circuit, if they haven't learned it, it's because they haven't been there long enough. Or they're not on the right indie circuit. If they're not on the indie circuit, then you're going to have to teach them. Which WWE has created their own performance center. So I don't think the physical part, as long as they meet these qualifications, you ha should have strength trainers or coaches that can get them where they need to be. Strength, um, cardio, endurance-wise. The harder part to teach is, I think, the opening up, the not being afraid of being in front of people, not being afraid of speaking, not being able to have a conversation, just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and I really think WWE got in a mindset of we want our guys to be at least 6'2". We want them to be 200 pounds. We want our girls to be at least 5'5". Five five. And we don't want them under 110, but we don't want them above 150 or whatever. That's stupid. Because then you get a roster that looks exactly like that... No one can tell apart. There's not a whole lot of individuals. And I think they got into that. And they hired a lot of that. They had a lot of it stockpiled in NXT. Thinking, well, we may lose some stars on Raw. We may lose some stars in SmackDown to injury. Or they want to leave. Or they're going to retire. Um, we're creating NXT TV, and we gotta have people show there while we're developmentally doing other things, and if they're from England, we're gonna want to put them in NXT UK and be able to train there, and so I just feel like they got really weighted down. They created 205. And I don't think they had the people, I don't think that they had enough top flight teachers and coaches. Because just because you can do something doesn't mean you should coach it. And Michael Jordan himself said that. He said, I may be the greatest basketball player that has ever played the game. 
He said, but I found out really quick when I was coaching my son's team, I couldn't coach. And they asked him why, and he said, because they're not me. And since I am a basketball coach, I knew exactly what he was talking about. He has God-given talents. He can step on a basketball floor. You can show him a move, and he's doing it two times later. And then after ten times, he's good. And after a thousand times, he's pretty much perfected it. The normal kid can't do that. But when you can do that, you don't understand why others can. It's also like the parent who's a chemist trying to teach chemistry to their kid and doesn't understand why it doesn't click as fast with them as it does themselves. Then you have players like Larry Bird who were extremely cerebral cerebral and knew what the other four players were doing on the basketball floor at the same time he was. He could play any position because he knew them all. He knew the moves of all the positions. He had had people teach him and break it down and because he wasn't a center he struggled with that and he needed to have people really break that down and he had to practice and he had so he knew what it took for a player to learn something that was out of their God-given talent range so that's why he was an outstanding coach I don't think WWE truly has enough of those. Just because you are a wrestler does not mean you can coach wrestling. You may be able to coach an aspect. But you have to be a very special person. Notice I didn't say wrestler. Very special person to be able to teach you know, the full gambit, and get them fairly good, good enough to go on TV. So when they expanded, I don't think that they had the trainers and the coaches and the counselors that they needed. And I think they quickly found out where strengths and weaknesses were and that they did need counselors. That... You know, moving to Orlando, living in Orlando, having pressure on you, knowing there's a takeover coming up in a month, and you want to get on that show, you want to be on TV, you want to be on pay-per-view, and trying to achieve that, but not having anybody really to talk to about it. Yes, you become friends with some of these people in Orlando, but you're also competing with them. And so I think it was a learning lesson for WWE. But at some point in time, 
people had to know having two, three hundred wrestlers on their payroll at any given time was too many. And that somehow they were going to have to go. Whether it be through retirement, whether it be through their contract running out and you not resigning them, or them wanting to go somewhere else. Or you firing them. It had to get pared down. Do I want to see people lose their jobs? No. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But. If you're paying two or three hundred wrestlers. You've got the top tier. It's probably getting played fairly close to what they're worth. But you've got this section of top mid-tier that aren't getting the money that they deserve, um, that they bring in, that if you would put the money into them would achieve greater status, bring more fans. And... I believe, I truly believe since 2018, a lot of that top mid has been, unfortunately, the women's wrestlers who are not getting paid, number one, anywhere close to the men, but two, you're not giving them the capability, the flexibility, I guess. To get better. Because you're paying them more. They don't have to watch their money. As much. They can spend it. On better trainers. Better gear. Safer gear. Um, They. Can. Afford a little bit better. Hotel where they'll get better sleep. That has a workout facility. Instead of them having to go to a local workout facility. And all of that makes a difference in your show. But you've got to be able to see that. And you've got to be able to convey that. Hey, I don't care to pay you $100,000 more on the year. I don't care to pay you $200,000 more on the year. But I want to see some of it going back into you. I want to see you going and and getting a personal trainer. I want to see you eating better. I want to see you going to better hotels and getting better sleep. I want to see better gear. I want to see safer And all of that, and I think if you convey that, don't put a money mark on it. But I think if you convey that to them, then it's worth it. But then it comes back to, if you're going to do that, where do you obtain that extra $100,000? Well, 
if you've got 300 wrestlers, maybe number 299 and number 300 have to lose their job to make my product at the top better. Because number 299 and number 300, they're not on TV. They've been in the program five, six years. We're not really seeing fast improvement. They've kind of flatlined. They aren't happy with their places. Sometimes the best thing you can do is let people go. And that's how I I term it, is letting them go. Not firing them. You're not punishing them. You're letting them go find some other place that they can be happy at. Now that may be another part of WWE. Maybe they're ready to step into the computer side or the social media or accounting or whatever. They may stay with WWE just in a different way. Or they may need to go elsewhere. I look at GCW, who I admire, for, in 10 years, taking a very local, I think they were called the Jersey Wrestling Federation or something like that, um, and expanding it nationally, growing it, where you have pay-per-views put it, being put on Fight TV. You have people coming to your shows and chanting and getting into it. And the king of that is Nick Gage. Uh, they explode for him pretty much more than they do a lot of top stars in the bigger promotions. But here's the thing. Could Nick Gage work in WWE? He could. He wouldn't be happy. He wouldn't be doing what he loves. He wouldn't be as creative as he is. Uh, They would try to script him and he would fight it. And there would be battles. And he just wouldn't be happy. But he could work there. He's talented enough to do that. But Nick Gage is one of those has learned. I don't want too many people, you know, molding me. I don't want people changing my grassroots connection to the fans. Could he bring a lot to WWE? Yes. Not only fans, but creativity and and open up a new vision and a new world. Do they want that? I don't know. So, when people are unhappy, especially creatively, I think sometimes you just need to let them go. I see all the time on Reddit and Twitter and the internet and different forms and stuff, people saying, WWE never shall let Dean Ambrose go. Well, number one, 
think they didn't have a choice. His contract ran out. They threw him a contract that he never picked up. He never opened. And he has said in numerous interviews, yeah, every once in a while, kind of wish I would have picked it up, opened it, and just saw the number. He said, but I was scared to. Because I truly knew what I loved. WWE wasn't letting me be that. I knew I had to leave. I knew I had to make a mark on my own. And I'm afraid if I would have opened it. The amount of money. I would not have been able to turn down. And I think that happens a lot of times. So. They're still cutting people. They're still going to cut people. They're going to cut your favorites. Why? Because while they're your favorites or you have um, a special affection for them because of this or they were the big thing at this point in your life and you still remember them, do you think about them every day? Would you buy a ticket right this second to watch them without knowing who they were taking on, whether it would be the first match, the last match, whatever? And most of the time, you'll say no. Because it broke my heart. This week, this past week, they cut Tony Nese, Davari, the Bollywood Boys, Killian Dane, August Gray, Kurt Stallion, uh, Tino Sabatelli, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, Everrise, Maria um, Shafir, and Arturo Reyes. Now, we could talk about these individually, and I can tell you probably why they were cut. Guys, if they haven't been on TV for a year, two years, and they're doing some other work for WWE, they need to be cut. I don't care whose wife or husband they are. If they're not cooking, and you've tried two or three, four different gimmicks, they're still not getting it. Or they're still not able to achieve it. Or the fans aren't buying it. They need to be cut. Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Broke my heart. I think Tyler Breeze is a wonderful human being. He's a very good wrestler. I don't think his gimmick, I thought his gimmick got over in NXT. But I really don't think his gimmick was ever anything that he truly believed in. I have no idea what he presented them, what different things he thought up that they turned down or they didn't think was right. But 
I never felt like he was truly comfortable. I think he enjoyed working with Fandango. I think they were great together as a tag team. Not great enough to wear the belts. I know that they did, but not great enough to wear the belts. Not even the NXT belts. I could never see them being on SmackDown and Raw with their comedic gimmick and actually being serious enough that they could win against the Usos. That they could win against the New Day. That they could win against the Street Profits. NXT... Tyler Breeze, for the longest time, was the heart and soul of that. Helped a lot of people on off days. He was special in NXT. At some point, it got old. He wasn't moving up. They didn't see a place for him on the main roster. And as much as I liked him, I couldn't see a place on him or for him on the main roster. Can I see him going to Ring of Honor and being Prince Pretty? No. God, I hope not. Could I see him open himself up turn heel and show up at Ring of Honor with a different attitude a different character a different exploration yes I can see him going to GNC or GCW sorry and showing up at one of the summer events or fall events and just making a splash. I can see him involving and creating a tweener character that turns heel like Scorpio Sky. Where he's nice enough. He's personal enough. He's tweener. Because he's also sarcastic enough. And edgy enough. He's walking that line. And you know one day he's got to go. On one side of it or another. And then boom. He's heel. Or boom. He's baby face. I want to see him stretch. At no point did WWE truly make him stretch his range and become more than a pretty boy comedy character. There was no depth to Tyler Breeze. I don't even want to talk about some of these others. Tony Nese, yes, I know the game, or no, I, I know the name because I play the WWE card collecting game. 
And he's a card I hated to get because they want to throw him out there 50,000 times. He's worth nothing in the game of collecting cards. But I knew the name because I knew I hated getting his card. When I start feeling that way about a certain card, and I don't care about him as a wrestler, they probably should be cut. Now, there are certain top-level wrestlers I don't like. I respect them. I know they're good. I know they could go anywhere and write their own check. That doesn't change that I don't really like them. I don't, in the card collecting game, I don't collect them. Think about the question that I asked earlier. If a certain wrestler was coming close to you, or in in your little small hometown of, I don't know, 500 people, WWE was coming, putting on a full-fledged show. You have no idea who's on the card, but you know your wrestler was coming. Would you pay money to go to that show without knowing their place on the card, who they were taking on? Because some people say, oh, I like... um, I'll use Lana, for example. I like Lana. I like Lana and Naomi together. How much do you like Lana? Oh, I, I, I really like her. Okay? If she was coming to your your town, you don't know of anybody else that's coming, and you don't know who she's wrestling. You don't know whether she's wrestling in a dark match, first match, main event, it's going to be some gigantic gimmick match you want to see. You have no clue. All you know is she's going to be there. She may even be there just for a meet and greet. Would you pay money for a ticket? Oh, no, 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 no. I would, I would wait to find out what she was doing. That is a wrestler... That doesn't have a core fan base. Oh, I like you. Mm, But I'm not 100% behind you. So, I did that earlier this week. And they said, well, who would you do that for? They said... Is there any wrestler you would do that for? Yes. Who? And I said, in the WWE or where? And they said, you have that many. And I said, yes. When I latch on to a wrestler and they capture me, then yes. I said, I'll give you a for instance. You could tell me John Cena was coming to my hometown. 
Hell, you could tell me John Cena was coming 150 miles away from not only my hometown or where I live. And tell me you didn't know what he was doing. You don't know anybody else on the card. He could be the main event. He could be in a gimmick match. He could be in a loser retires match. He could be in the first match. He could be in a dark match that starts an hour before the show. He could be in a dark match after the show. And you have to sit through the show to get to him. He could be there for meet and greet. I don't care. I'm getting a ticket. I want to see him. I want that experience. And I'm not talking about the meet and greet experience. I want the experience of just being in the building and watching him perform. <coughs> I went to AEW's third or fourth show they ever had televised. I knew I absolutely loved John Moxley. Um, there's no bones about it. I have liked him since before WWE. Um, he's one of them I would pay for a ticket, period. I like Cody Rhodes. I like Chris Jericho. I knew MJF and Sammy Guevara. MJF from MLW and Sammy Guevara from the uh, independent scene. I had watched Darby Allen on YouTube and had seen him. He was on the documentary series, The Wrestlers, and I had seen maybe two matches on a pay-per-view. Maybe. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I knew I liked SCU from Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. Oh, I, I knew I liked the Lucha Bros from uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix. Uh, the different promotions they had been on. I knew I needed that ticket. I knew I wanted to see that ticket. It's so funny. My mother doesn't like professional wrestling. But she's had to put up with me and my sister going through phases where we do. She had to put up with my granny absolutely loving it. And she said, I want to go. And I looked at her like she was insane. I was like, what? She said, I want to go. I said, why? She said, well, I'm going to buy the tickets. That's going to be your early birthday present. I was like, that's a pretty good birthday present, but you still don't have to go. And she was like, no, I want to see what this is about. You have been yakking about this for a year. And you've been talking about it on different podcasts. I hadn't created my own yet. And I was like, okay. Um, because who am I to turn down my mother? Uh, it doesn't matter 
who I might have went with elsewise or anything. There were a lot of my friends that were there. But it was special with my mom. She knew Chris Jericho. She knew Dusty Rhodes, so she understood Cody and Dustin. I'm trying to think real quick. I don't know that she knew anybody else. Um, Took her to the merchandise stand. We got there early, of course. Because I didn't know if there were going to be any dark matches. Took her to the merchandise stand. She doesn't know any of these people. I'm looking for John Moxley shirt or Darby Allen shirt because I think they have cool shirts. And so looking, 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 looking. And I also wanted to check out Brandy had recently started a partnership with Culture City for people who have autism. I think I've told you guys before, I have the old Asperger's Syndrome. So, I usually don't have problems in large crowds of things I love. Because I can get obsessed with it and block all of that out. But I wanted to see these kids. Because I'd heard so much about them and I'd heard Brandy and Cody talk about them. Well, the, the merch stand that we had, they didn't have them. They didn't know even really what we were talking about. So, I didn't see the shirts that I wanted. I saw other shirts from Darby Allen and John Moxley. But, didn't see the ones I wanted. Of course, my mother tried to talk me into buying something else. And I was like, no. Because I'm a person, yes, who I really enjoy may put out a shirt. If I don't like it, yeah, I'm not wearing it. Um, I'm sitting here recording this podcast in a Control Your Narrative shirt from EC3. Um, I love EC3. Did I love him in WWE? No, couldn't stand him. Uh, I love this control your narrative persona that he has taken on the website he's created. Um, if you guys haven't seen the match, yes, I'm doing finger quotes that he has done with Matt Cardona. I think it came out early June, and he's going to be doing one I think in August. Unbelievable! Oh, uh, you need to check it out. And I think his at uh, the best in the world match against Flip Gordon. If Flip Gordon will be the old mercenary Flip Gordon, that's going to be a match and a half too. Anyway, off track. My mom buys a Riho shirt. And I looked at her and I said, Do you know who Riho is? And, uh, she was like, no, I'm assuming it's a girl by the collars of the shirt, but I like it. It's a quarter length, and it's bright. I like it. I'm looking at her like she's insane. 
I said, you don't know that that's the AEW World Champion? She's the first ever. No. Do you know what she looks like? No. I said, do you really know what any of these wrestlers look like? She said, I know what Cody and Dustin look like. And I was thinking, no, you really don't. And she said, and I'm sure Chris Jericho looks exactly the same. And I thought, no, if he comes out in the pain maker makeup that he has wore in New Japan, you're going to freak. He is nothing like the Y2J that you remember. But anyway, um, we walk past the meet and greets. She's like, oh, do you not want to do any meet and greets? And I was like, mm, no, I don't, I don't particularly care. She said, well, I'm going to take pictures. And I said, mom, I don't, I don't think you're loud. She has excellent pictures of Luchasaurus, of Jungle Boy, and of Marco Stunt. She thought it was cool to take pictures of Luchasaurus because my then two-year-old niece was into dinosaurs. Now, she's four now, and she's still into dinosaurs, but the man in the dinosaur costume is scary. I do, however, looking back, wish I probably would have did the meet and greet with Jungle Boy and made a connection so that I could get information and talk to him. Uh, I think SCU was one of the other meet... There were like three meet and greets, and I can't remember who they were. My mom, completely shocked. People flash in the middle finger. The chance. Um, the makeup with Darby Allen. Um, it, it was that show that Dustin Rhodes had his arm broken by Jake Hager by slamming it in the limo door. And he was rushed to an area hospital. And Cody had to leave because of it. Uh, because there was a contract signing between Cody and Jericho for their match. And my mom was like, I don't remember all these different stories. Because in between stuff, I was trying to fill her in on stories. But a lot of their stories were so simple she could figure out without me filling in. And she was just amazed. She remembered Tony Schiavone. She remembered JR. And that's what I think about when I think a lapsed fan. Not that my mom's ever been a pro wrestling fan. But she had little connections. Like, she had watched Dusty Rhodes because her parents had watched him. And then my dad's grandmother, or my dad's mom, my granny, had watched him. And so she knew the story of Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. And to see his two sons now, she got that. 
she got brotherly love and wanting to take up for your brother. Um, she got the tag team title championship was that night. They crowned SCU the first ever tag team champions. She got that story. Um, you know, she understood the simple stories. They weren't convoluted. Now, I could add all kinds of things to them. But she just got them. But the thing that amazed her was the AEW atmosphere. And how, before the show started, it was the tension, the build-up. And she said, it feels so explosive in here. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, it's like any moment there's a bomb. And I said, yeah, because I'm thinking my mom's not a pro wrestling fan. And I thought... Is she really thinking there's a bomb bomb? I said, Mom, are you are you scared? Do you do you want to leave? And she was like, No, no, no. It it's like there is this kind of atmosphere. I don't know how to explain it. It's like it's just building. AEW show starts, pyro goes off. Fans were ready to blow the top of their building off. And my mom looked at me and she said, I have not experienced this in pro wrestling. All the things you guys have drugged me through, through the years. I don't think ever. And I said, Mom, are you being serious? And she said, yeah. I said, Mom, do you remember the pay-per-view where, I don't know, we were 12 rows away when Jeff and Matt Hardy came out with Lita? And she said, yeah, but they were kind of older. And no, the place did not do this. And I was like, well, this is new, da-da-da-da-da. John Moxley was there. He came through the crowd. And again, place, boom, almost exploded. And my mom was just wowed by this. Cody and Jericho come out. Place again. And it was just like a rolling up waves of emotion. And she said, does this happen everywhere? And I said, I think it happens right now with AEW, yes. I think there are independent shows, yes, it happens. And I think probably at WWE pay-per-views, it happens, but probably not on this scale. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, this is a smaller kind of 
closed in, sold out, packed place. And I said WWE has went to bigger stadiums, bigger arenas. And I said it's hard to get this atmosphere, this amount of emotion in a 100,000 seat stadium. And she said, oh, I can see that. And I said, you have a combination here of this section's here for this person. But at the same time, they're discovering a new star that they're going to latch on to for this show. And if they perform very well, they'll continue following. I said, WWE doesn't have that. So, I go to visit her after the AEW show, a couple days after. And um, she said, is wrestling on tonight? I said, yeah. And I don't remember whether it's SmackDown or Raw. I I really don't remember. And uh, she said, well, turn it on. And I said, okay. So I turn it on. And she recognizes a lot more people. And she's like, well, I would have thought they would have retired by now. And I'm thinking in my head, well, they should have. Because they're not any good anymore. But she said, I don't feel that same kind of excitement. Do you think it's because of the TV? And I said, I don't know. Next Wednesday, you just need to watch AEW on TV. See if you feel it. And she did feel it about certain people in WWE, but it was rare. And none of the new, newer people then was she ready to latch on to. And I found that really interesting. So to me, I struggled. Was it, was it the live crowd? Was it the smaller stadium? was WWE not creating new people? And the reason why I'm saying that is because a kind of different conversation started not this past Friday, but the Friday before. They pulled up two NXT superstars, according to them, And let them have dark matches. Then they came to Raw. They had some more different dark matches with different superstars. And then this past Friday night, two nights ago, again, same thing. And I got into a conversation. Someone was arguing with me that there are three brands. And I said, no, there's not. There's one, and it's called WWE. Raw and SmackDown are not their own brands. There's too much crossover. They're getting ready to have a draft again. It's coming down to, they switch people every six months or so. And I said, you know, it's okay for them to make a trade during the year. 
That happens in sports. They don't need to have a draft to draft veterans. No other sport does that. And I said, if NXT is a brand of its own, which I don't believe it is, I believe Triple H calls it a brand because he wants to sound bigger and badder than what he truly is. Triple H took a demotion uh, about a year, year and a half ago, and they tried to spin it that he was getting responsibilities and he was doing this and he was doing that. No. He basically got a demotion. And he thinks it's truly a third brand. It's not. They don't draw the people. They don't draw the numbers. People aren't as interested. And people were arguing with me saying, it's still hot. No. NXT was never hot to the casual wrestling fan. If you ask most wrestling fans... Before they went on the USA Network. Do you watch NXT regularly? They didn't. They would tell you that. They caught. Takeovers. For certain matches. Or for certain people. And when those people got moved up. Then they didn't watch. If you ask. The regular wrestling fan would you rather watch um GCW and NXT who would you watch a lot of them would have picked GCW because of the people that were there the problem is is if you don't follow GCW you don't know who's showing up there um you know, a lot of people are Zack Ryder. He goes by Matt Cardona now. They don't understand. He shows up in GCW the first two weeks. In July 24th and 25th, he's going for their championship. They don't know that. They think he's not wrestling. He is. He's wrestling quite a bit. He's wrestling way more than he was when he was in WWE. But they don't know that because their lens is WWE. And if that's what it is, then that's what you think is the best. Guys, I hate to tell you, there are some better wrestlers at different promotions that will never consider WWE and if you only watch WWE you will never see some of the greatest wrestlers of this generation but anyway um they tried to say it was a third brand I said it beat AEW twice in a year. And most of the time it wasn't even close. And AEW's brand new. NXT's been around since what? 2015? 2014? 
Um, guys, it's not even close. They don't have the hot wrestlers. And when everybody was telling you it was hot, when they had Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn, uh, Baron Corbin, Bailey, Charlotte, Becky, Sasha Banks, Carmella, that group in NXT wasn't even hot, per se. You can't be hot when you're having a studio show that draws 400 fans, and on the network, not very many people watch it. They're watching takeovers. But it would only take you to watch one show to know, oh my god, those wrestlers are going to be called up. And still to this day, they call it called up. If it's equal, why are they calling people up? Why are they not just moving them? Because guys, it's a developmental brand. So anyway, two nights ago, on Friday night, Shotsky Blackheart versus Tony Storm, Karrion Cross versus Cesaro were the dark matches. Bronson Reed's also been caught up for a dark match. Scarlett's been up, caught up for a dark match. And they have all been backstage at WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown. That's who they're wanting to see. Here's my issue. Why? Now, I can see you wanting to call Karrion Cross up to take on Cesaro. He's a very technical wrestler. He's very underrated. He's probably one of the best wrestlers as far as understanding ring psychology, character development, all of that in the entire WWE. He needs to be brought on as a coach and a trainer as soon as he retires. Because his opinion and how he choreographs a match with Karrion Cross, I would love to see and would like to see that match. So I can understand them calling that up. Why would you call Shotsky Blackheart and Tony Storm to the Thunderdome to take on each other in a dark match? Just put it on NXT with a live audience going up against each other and you should be able to see the same exact thing. Probably better because you'll have fans. You know why? Because the people that were wanting to make that decision should they be called up don't watch NXT. They may have heard the name Bronson Reed. They've seen pictures of him. 
they called him up to do a dark match. Because they don't watch NXT. Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis spent time at the Performance Center scouting talent this week. This past week. On Thursday, Vince showed up. Vince McMahon showed up and watched people do matches, watched people work, and pulled people aside to talk to. Why? Because they're cutting the bottom of their two to three hundred wrestlers that they're not using, they haven't used, that have no following, who creatively they won't let do what they want to do or they can't come up with something for them to do. They're cutting them. But they need difference makers. So they're looking to call people up. They want to replenish and renew the main rosters of Raw and SmackDown because the USA Network and Fox are putting heat on them. Telling them, this stuff's not cutting it. Vince has said, sources have leaked, Vince says they don't even have to be excellent wrestlers, he is looking for compelling characters, (coughs) excuse me, Dave Metzler has said, Vince wants younger and bigger. He would like for them to be above 6 foot, 6'2", and above 220 pounds. Which to me means someone like Cameron Grimes should be moved. Because he's the epitome of not an excellent wrestler. Has a compelling character. Has a compelling fan base. Just move him up. I think the thing that drives a lot of people crazy. I really bought into Taya Valkyrie in um, Lucha and also in Impact Wrestling. I knew her contract was running out. WWE said they were signing her. Yes, she's wore 50 billion championships all over the world. She's put time in. She's not some 22-year-old model off the street you need to teach wrestling to. However, what did they do? They stuck her in NXT. Why? She doesn't need to create a fan base. She has one. They changed her name. They tried to get her to forget everything about Lucha that she remembers and do the WWE style Yippee Yahoo. 
Then they wanted to run a month of promos with her and her new name, Frankie Monet, and a dog. I still don't understand the dog. He's cute and all, but what is the purpose? What's the gimmick? They've never explained that. But they spent four weeks showing vignettes, showing promos, her getting off an elevator, her carrying the dog. Who cares? Show me her in the ring kicking somebody's butt. That's the tie of the Hockery I remember. Go back, watch Summon Trip Away and Lucha Underground, and she'll scare you. No, they don't want to do that. They want to show us vignettes of her and her dog. They want to debut her. Great, I'm excited. I want to see Taya Valkyrie. I'm not buying this Frankie Monet stuff. I don't care about it. I want to see Taya Valkyrie. They bring her out and she gets interviewed. And I'm thinking, what? This lady has wrestled all over the world. Wrestled, gotten championships. She's been on Impact Wrestling for I don't know how long. John Morrison is her husband. Why can't she just wrestle? Why do I need to see four weeks and then on week five you tell me she's going to debut and I get an interview? I finally get her in the ring and I was expecting it to be a squash match. And it was, but why is she in NXT? Why is someone as, as talented and experienced as her in NXT? And I know what you're thinking because they told me this on the internet. They said they did the same thing to Asuka. Yeah, they almost ruined her. She was queen of strong style. And in, and in NXT... Before they put her on TV, they tried to get her not to do that. They tried to take away her biggest strength and the very reason they signed her was because of how fast she was. They took a chance on her. She was the best woman wrestler in Japan. Probably in the top five in the world. At doing what she does. She had a fan base. They put her in NXT and didn't show her. And tried to take away why they signed her. Why would you do that? I can understand her going to NXT for a while to build up an American fan base. I love that they put the title on her 
And she kept it for so long. She should have been in one of the main rosters. Probably a year, year and a half before she was. What was the point? She's an older wrestler. I think she's 37 or 38 now. Why make her spend that long in NXT before introducing her to the United States world of WWE and gathering Japan fans over to WWE? Why would you keep her down there? It was almost like you were keeping her hidden. Why do you make Shayna Baszler stay down there? Once she learns not to hurt people, how to take a bump and not hurt herself. Why is she down there? Well, they wanted to create a wrestling fan base for her. That's fine. Once they gave me that reason, I was like, cool. They made her champion. They made her this badass monster that made Dakota Kai freak anytime anyone mentioned her and basically made her almost pee her pants when Shayna would look at her. You bring her up. Where is that? Where is that character? Because the first six months she was brought up, she wasn't that character. Then you let her become that scary character at Elimination Chamber. Go back and listen to my episode about that. She was literally taking, picking up people by their legs near their feet and slamming their head into the chamber or into the side of the fence. She eliminated every opponent, including hanging Asuka over the ropes and putting her to sleep. She was the snap Tap or nap queen. I blinked. She's with Nia Jax. And they really can't beat anyone. And then they all of a sudden start winning. And then they've got the championships. And Shayna is not the snap, nap, or tap queen. And I'm like, What? This is why people say, I don't want my favorites from NXT to be called up. Because they ruin their characters. No, it's not that they ruin characters. It's that, number one, they don't even know they have the characters. And number two, they don't understand the characters. It's not that they want wrestlers to fail. They don't. But if you don't allow them to be who they need to be, 
you see them flounder. I think in 2019, the begin well, the middle of 2019, you saw that from Bailey. She was floundering. She was the one. Not any of the veteran yahoos that they've gotten set up in the ivory tire. Bailey herself realized, I have to make a change. I'm not getting the pop. I'm not getting the fan involvement. Yes, I have a bunch of little kids who love me and want me to hug them. And I have a lot of pervo guys that want to marry me and don't even know me. But I need to expand my fan base. I need to get that pop back. I need to challenge myself. I need to grow. I want to make this my life career. I need to be able to have a wide range. And they're not creating that for me. She goes and creates it. And then runs it by the Yahoos. And they're like, oh yeah, you gotta go answer ask Vince. Vince falls in love with it. Do it. She does. She cuts her hair. She does all this and walks in. Vince is like, love it. Just by cutting her hair, changing her gear a little bit, acting more confident, acting... She gets obnoxious, but she starts out first more wise-cracking, smart aleck uh, with her wit. I don't know that people knew until she switched to evil Bailey how much wit and how quick she was. Immediately a change. Immediately the pops. Immediately people writing about her. Twitter, internet, writing articles, asking for interviews, going crazy. How many times, if you watch Twitter, how many times has Bailey or some version of it, whether it's Basha, when they were the golden role models together. Or Bay Mella. I saw that trending one time. How many times has she been tre- trending on Twitter? WWE has been amazed. They did not expect that. It's because the Yahoo's up in the ivory tire. Could not picture her any other way. And they didn't get to know her well enough and talk to her about her hopes, dreams, visions, um, spitball up against the wall with her to realize she is a woman that 
is going to keep a wrestling career. And she wants that ring. She wants to be all things. She wants to be the Chris Jericho of women's wrestling. And if she can even overstep those bounds where people don't distinguish that she's a woman wrestler. She's just a wrestler that has hit those heights. She would love that. Any of the four horsewomen would. And they're right kind of on that edge. They're, you know, ten feet from it. Climbing those last ten feet are going to be really hard. And then busting that ceiling is going to be even harder. But they can do it. But WWE has to want them to do it. And let them do it. I don't know that that'll happen. I think one, at least one, of the four horsewomen will have to break out of the WWE in order to climb those 10 feet and bust that ceiling. So, are there going to be more people let go? Yes. Do they? Yes. Half of NXT needs to be let go. They're awful, and they're not getting better. And unless they have made a total creative writing uh, change down there, and no one has let it out of the bag, then it's got to be the wrestlers. Because they're not telling the stories. They're not getting people involved. They're getting to be like the main rosters and getting too many wrestlers involved. And they're not giving them time to tell stories that we actually care about that build up to a takeover. I'm more interested in the Great American Bash on Tuesday night. Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly than anything that was on the last takeover. I thought the last takeover was their worst takeover ever. It was hard for me not to pick up my phone and play on it. It was hard for me not to check other channels. And I usually don't say that about takeovers. I wasn't interested in the storylines. I'm sorry. The women's storylines of NXT are garbage. I do not care about that Chinese garbage that's going on. And at least it's interesting. I'll watch it. I don't really care about it. It's Once the TV goes off, Unless I'm ranting about it on this podcast episode. I don't think about that. When you mention NXT. That's not a storyline that comes to my mind. 
Do you know one of the first storylines that comes to my mind? If somebody would walk in my house right now as I'm recording and say, what is the biggest thing or the first thing that pops into your mind? And I say NXT. I would have to probably sit there for about 15 or 20 minutes and switch my brain off and switch it on to NXT. And I would probably come back with, where's Finn Balor? That's not a storyline. It's a running, but it's the storyline that's in my head when I think of NXT. Where's Finn Balor? For those of you who've been listening to these episodes, you know I love Finn Balor. I loved him as Prince Devitt in New Japan. I guess the second one that comes to mind is Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. The third one is who's going to beat Karrion Cross now that he's destroyed everybody and how can they get him to the main roster that I thought he should have been there a year ago. I don't even know why he was ever in NXT. Why did they not put him straight to the main roster? They let him go undefeated for, what, seven times before they were going to give him a belt, and then he got hurt. Just stick him on the main roster. You created an unbelievable entrance for him that they're talking about doing away with in the main roster. Why are you not just sticking him on the main roster? Karen Cross, another one, all over the world, did outstanding work. In MLW and in New Japan. And you don't want to stick him on the main roster? Come on. So that would be my third storyline. How are you going to get the belt off Karrion Cross? Who are you going to give it to? And how are you going to get him up to the main roster? Um, I guess when I think... And I'm not thinking real hard, but... Um, probably L.A. Knight. No, I don't mean Cameron Grimes. I mean actual L.A. Knight. He's another one. We waited and waited and waited, and when was Eli Drake coming? Where is Eli Drake? He's been everywhere. He has following. Why did he not start on the main roster? But no, they screwed around with him. Months and months. And he finally comes out with L.A. Knight. The name's grown on me some. The first time I heard it, I was like, are you serious? His name made me think of the Knight Rider car. Thank God. They either let him or it slips out that... He kept that. Yeah. That was my favorite part of Eli Drake. I mean. He should be probably. One of. In the running. For the championship. He's the million dollar championship. He should not be messing with Cameron Grimes. I hate Cameron Grimes. In case any of you didn't know. And so. Um, I guess he would maybe be the next one. 
I'm interested in Samoa Joe. I've named five or six. I don't know, maybe seven. I have not a clue. I've yet to name women's wrestling. Guys, I'm going to be serious with you. I don't even think I know who has the women's tag belts in NXT because they have just popped those around like a hot potato to about, what, three or four teams or something? Um, I guess the way has them. I guess Candace and Indy have them. I guess. I don't know. I'm a big proponent of women's wrestling. I think some of the stuff they're doing now, in general, in women's wrestling, with their characters, with their athleticism, is just astounding. NXT, a lot of people want to argue that they have the second best roster of all. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And they're like, they do. They have the second best roster. Well, who's won? Oh, WWE. Um, Dude, they are WWE. See, people want to put Raw and SmackDown together and they could care less. But, buddy, you try to add NXT in there and they're like, oh, no, that's third brand. Whatever. Um, no. Here's why. I'm not going to mention the roster, the main roster, Raw and SmackDown's storylines. They stand on the room. I could name probably seven of them. I can make up 15 that should be. But when you tell me NXT women, guys, I don't even know what storylines are going on because they're so convoluted. They've got injuries. They've got fake injuries. They've got people taking time off. I got people getting mad. Um, I I don't understand some of their storylines. It seems like they've come out blue. Um, there are certain people I don't understand why they're pushing them. And then there's other people I don't understand why they're not pushing them. There's other people that have been down there six or seven years it's time to cut them and move on and let them be themselves somewhere else. Um, I'm just like racking my brain right now, I guess, uh, because if you would have asked me two weeks ago, maybe three, what is the main women's storyline on NXT? I probably would have said Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez was the one that most intrigued me. Well, hell, they ended that one at the last takeover, and Io hasn't came after her rematch. She showed up, and she's in a tag team now? Anyway... And they're like, well, there's no other better ones out there. Really? Deanna Prazo taking on 
anyone and everyone in the world is not exciting? And they said, what do you mean? I don't watch a lot of Impact. Yeah, it's obvious because you don't know that storyline. She has beaten, I think, everybody on the Impact roster. She's literally on Twitter saying, I will take on anyone, anywhere, at any given time. You need to let me or Scott Demore know. Well, who called up? Apache from AAA who holds the AAA women's title belt. They're going title for title August 14th at Triple Mania. How many of you knew that? It was a Twitter thing. It's still a little bit of a Twitter thing. They're doing it now more on podcasts. I look for them, you know, the middle of this month after Slammiversary to start plugging it. Deanna Perrazzo is also at Warrior Wrestling taking on people that aren't in Impact Wrestling. She's called out Dr. Britt Baker and said, come on, walk through the forbidden door. Oh, Thunder Rosa, you want to run your mouth? Come on, walk through the forbidden door. That's a big storyline. Is it a promotion storyline? If you want it to be. Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa and Camille. Serena Deeb against any of those three women. All of those are bigger than any storyline that is going on in NXT. How can you say you have the second best women's division? And I can't name a storyline. And I watch a little bit of everything. I can't give you a storyline. How is that? I don't understand. One of the best females that, in my opinion, NXT should be going after is Trisadora. Do they know who she is? If they do, and they are in negotiations with her, pump her money up, another $5,000, because... She doesn't think her worth is $60,000. Especially if she can make more on the independent circuit and doing uh, the women's tournament in Ring of Honor. Come on. But I guess you can't pump her up too high. You can't pump her up to 100000 or 150000 because you might step on some of the people on the main roster's women's division toes because you won't pay them correctly. Yeah, I'm getting fired up about the wrong subject. I wanted to talk about WWE cutting talent. They need to cut more. They're going to cut more. And yet, they're 
moving up, calling up wrestlers from NXT and saying they need to replenish. Doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. If you have questions, comments, problems, protests, you want to talk, I've already said, put it out on Twitter, tag me, I'm pro overtime, that's two O's, pro overtime, I will be more than willing to discuss whatever with you. If you put it under this episode, I'll definitely see it. Um, A lot of times, if you're commenting on something that I like fight for, um, trying to think. No, not ringside. I usually don't comment on any of their stuff or read it because some of it is garbage. They're taking a snippet of something on a podcast and blowing it up to a full-fledged story to get clicks. Um, Dave Metzler, Brian Alvarez, um, Fightful, uh, Ryan, Ryan, I can't think of your last name, um, Bell to Bell's uh, podcast, Daily Wrestling News podcast, sorry. Um, one Stop Wrestling with uh, Craig Smith. Um, Joe Alba, I comment on. Uh, I'm, anyway, if you put it on some of the bigger places, I'll see it too. If you comment on a wrestling superstar, Sometimes I may see it, sometimes I don't. If I've got a full uh, sports day, or I've got a full wrestling day or whatever, I'm probably not going to see it. However, slow day, yeah. I mean, if you write Dan Housen, who is one of my new favorites, um, I'm probably going to see it on a slow day. On a busy day, you're going to have to put it on like Chris Jericho or somebody like that for me to see it. Best way, if you want to have a discussion or an argument, either one, just tag me and tell me a question or tell me your thoughts and we'll go. It's pro overtime, two O's. My DMs and private messages are open on Twitter, so you can get a hold of me that way. Several of you have said, have you heard the rumor of? I'll tell you yes and no, and I'll tell you whether I believe it or not. Um, I don't care to do that. You can also reach me on Facebook page, which is Pro Wrestling Overtime. It I have now put a message thing up there, and it will kick you into Messenger. If I'm awake, I will talk to you. Uh, and it's pretty much real time. Pro Wrestling Overtime Instagram. I'm trying to post a little bit more over there. 
I like the written word. I'm not real big into pictures. And that's what you're generating on um, Instagram. So I'm still mm, getting there. However, I created it. It's got messenger or messages. I do check my messages 10, 20 times a day. If you want to hit me up there, you feel better on Instagram, that's cool. Or you can just email me, which is what a lot of you have been doing. And I love it because we can go just boom, 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 back and forth. And you can get your work done and answer when you're ready. And I can get my work done and answer when I'm ready. But it is pro wrestling OT at gmail.com. And I am so, so sorry that this one has been long. But I will talk to you soon. And I will see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who are always in the know. For the ones who keep things running. For the innovators and the problem solvers. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Experienced staff at local branches and free access to experts to help answer your toughest questions. So whatever challenge you face, we have the knowledge and products to help. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.